When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Not surprisingly, the majority of listener questions we've been getting nowadays are about education and how children and teachers and faculty and staff, everyone, could go back to school safely. Even my three daughters want to know it's topic number one in our household. What's going to happen during the new school year? For months, school districts nationwide have been scrambling, trying to figure out just how to reopen safely. My daughter doesn't want to go back to school. Um, She wants to keep the family safe. The Trump administration wants schools open again ASAP. Around this time, it's pretty normal for all of us to get the back-to-school jitters. But this year, it's really something else. Whether you're a student, a parent, or an educator, COVID-19 is forcing us to all reconsider what school is going to look like. In-person classes, remote learning, or some hybrid of the two. What lies ahead? So today, we're going to do our best to answer some of your questions. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent and a dad. This is Coronavirus, Fact versus fiction. For today's episode, I'm going to hand things over to one of CNN's education experts, Laura Jarrett. Thanks so much, Sanjay. I've been looking at how families have been dealing with what I might call the secondary effects of this virus, from teens with special needs to parents of toddlers to even college educators. And as we approach what would normally be the start of a new school year, so many questions remain right now. Let's start with one I hear all the time. How do I get my kids to wear a mask? Turns out this one isn't as hard as we initially might have thought. Wearing a mask can be hard to adjust to at first, especially for younger kids who want to touch their face all the time. So for the parents out there, try buying a mask with a fun pattern or let your child use markers to draw on one for themselves. But here's the important part, okay, parents? Be sure to set a good example by wearing your own mask. Make sure it's on correctly and that you actually wear it every time you go out the door. I know my little one-year-old likes to pull at mine all of the time, but you know, parents, you think about kids, they often pick up on things in ways you might not realize. And if your child has questions or doesn't seem to understand the importance of wearing a mask, don't be afraid to explain it to them. Kids appreciate that more than you think. I've heard some parents are creating school pods. So Kids who are learning remotely can do so with other kids. What's the deal with that? And do you think that could be right for my child? It's true. This is happening in part because there's so much uncertainty out there about what is happening to schools this fall. So some parents I've talked to are actually taking matters into their own hands, creating what they're calling learning pods or even pandemic pods so that their kids can get in-person instruction along with a handful of other kids in what they hope is a safe way. And paying for a tutor isn't a possibility for so many families, but it's also not the only option. 
Some other parents are making use of neighborhood volunteers and college students to help their kids. Others are looking for people nearby in similar situations who might be able to help out with the childcare issues. Jen Sestapol is a mom and a teacher in Georgia, and she started a Facebook group connecting parents in her county so that they can create their own small cohorts, if you will, so their kids can study and socialize together. What we're encouraging the parents to do is to create a post and join a group either by age, grade level, or geographic area. Still, more parents are signing their kids up for outdoor learning programs, and these are just a few of the creative ways families and educators are trying to keep kids not only safe, but engaged in learning right now. Of course, there are no rules for creating a pod if you want one, and it's unclear exactly how safe they are, but it's best... Experts say if they have fewer than 10 people and if someone in the pod develops any symptoms of COVID-19, they should certainly stay away from it for two weeks and consider getting tested if they can. So be sure to check on official guidance and be aware of the risks involved here. I'm wondering at what point the use of technology negates any learning that could possibly happen. And I'm just wondering at what point the learning stops because the Uh, negative effects of technology. This is a huge issue given the abrupt switch to virtual learning for so many students. The short story here is there are some drastically conflicting studies out there on the effects of screen time on kids. But I'm happy to report that the experts that I spoke to say not to stress out too much about this. In fact, using a screen for virtual or remote learning doesn't even count towards the American Academy of Pediatrics screen time limitations for children. And experts say parents shouldn't agonize about the quantity of the time alone, but the quality of the time being spent and the content of what kids are watching. The important thing for parents and educators to try to achieve is balance. And that's hard, but balance phones and computers with outside time and visits, of course, at a distance with friends. And it's hard, but this is part of our new reality. I'm a college student, and my school has decided to reopen with a mix of in-person and online classes. I'm concerned about spreading the virus to my college community and about bringing the virus to my family during breaks. What should I do? College students are facing some really tough decisions right now. Some colleges haven't announced their plans yet or they've changed their minds on what they're going to do. And there's no one size fits all solution here. But if you have older parents or older relatives, it might be the safest course of action to take your classes online. But you might think, hey, that's not what I signed up for. Why am I paying all this money and tuition for virtual learning? And of course, there's the financial burden here that weighs heavily on so many students. So you might decide to step away from school right now, take a gap semester or a gap year and try to find work instead. On the other hand, if your school seems to have a well thought out reopening plan, it could be safe to go back. But realize plans may change even once the semester starts. So I'm sorry to say I can't offer a straight answer on this one for you, but I can say for sure that figuring this out, getting through this challenging time as a part of your college experience provides a level of resilience that can't hurt later in life. And I know that Sanjay will talk more about this next week, too. Should I be nervous that my kids are going to fall behind in school because of the way the pandemic has interrupted their education? 
This is a big topic for parents right now, as education experts are warning of the so-called COVID slide. And some learning loss is, of course, typical for many kids during the summer. But this extended interruption to their learning routines right now could set some kids back. So I spoke to research scientist Megan Kufeld about this. We find that math is often something that parents view as the school's domain to instruct students on. So typically when school is out, math just happens less in the home uh, than reading. Kids with learning differences, special needs, or who lack regular access to reliable Wi-Fi, they're going to be the ones that are especially hard hit by this. And that's going to be something that federal and local leaders are going to need to grapple with sooner rather than later. Our last question is from a young listener who's nervous about going back to school. I'm a little bit nervous for school because I think the virus will hit there. And and what if I get the virus? Oh, it's okay to be nervous. It's really important to know that a lot of adults are nervous these days, too. Parents are doing the best they can to protect their families. Teachers are doing the best they can to protect their students, of course. And after months of being told to wear a mask and to wash your hands all the time, it makes sense that you might be a little anxious about going back into a classroom. So parents out there, remember that stress can take a special toll on kids in vulnerable stages of life, especially if they don't understand what's going on and they don't have experience bouncing back from a challenge. So if that's the case, it could be helpful to explain to your child that they actually have a lower risk of having symptoms if they end up getting COVID-19. Tell them what's being done to keep them safe and validate their concerns. Now, experts also recommend taking kids outside regularly with a mask, of course, so that they can see other kids playing and get some fresh air. They also say kids have the capacity to adapt to new things. So give them the time to do so. Thanks, Laura. For many people, reopening our schools is one of the most pressing challenges our society is facing right now. There are so many factors to consider, and we've got to figure out the safest way forward. So we're going to be devoting all of next week's episodes to education. We plan to drill down into more detail about colleges, K-12 schooling, teachers' concerns, and a whole lot more. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer, along with Amanda Seeley and Nadia Kunang from CNN Health. Raj Makija is the Senior Manager of Production Operations. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Evan Chung, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders, with additional help from Michael Nettleman. Our associate producers are Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, and Rachel Cohn. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to executive producer of CNN Health, Ben Tinker, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio.
We all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.